everybody. Welcome to episode number three of the Deaf Time Stories podcast. I'm your host, Adrian. And in this episode, I'm going to give you five steps to quickly track down and handle exceptions in Node.js. So before I start off here, I want to tell you that if you're a Node.js developer and your application hasn't crashed yet because of some uncaught exception, you're probably an amateur. You're probably just getting past Hello World. But this isn't a reason for you to drop. Keep listening because it's good to be well prepared when push comes to shove. So one thing I see developers struggling with when working with Node.js is the dreaded uncaught exception, that exception that usually kills the process. In this short episode, I am going to give you a small bite-sized strategy to quickly and easily handle and track down the source of the uncaught exception. For the ones of you who aren't aware, there's an uncaught exception event that's propagated onto the process itself whenever the system encounters an error and cannot continue to run your code, your application's code actually. And to access it, you would use the same syntax you use for binding to event listeners. So it's process.on, right? And on is a function which takes two arguments. The first one is the event name, and the second one is the callback to be executed when that event is triggered. And in our case, we would use process.on and we would pass uncaught exception as the first argument, which is a string. And the second argument would be the callback to be executed whenever an uncaught exception bubbles up throughout our system. Now, there are a couple of things you need to do when an error bubbles up through your system. And especially if your application is already running in production, you need to be able to track that exception the source or the cause of that exception very, very fast because you might lose users, you might frustrate your existing users, or you might lose money. And this is exactly what I plan on giving you right now, a five-step checklist to use in such crisis situations. So let's just jump into it. Number one, don't waste time. You need to realize that there's no time to waste. If your application is already running in production, you don't have time to waste, for example, debating who is at fault. And you also don't have time to do library research and find some fancy error handling library. You just need to get the job done right now. So you need to find that cause of the error. So don't waste time just bickering over meaningless stuff. So now that you realize you don't have time to waste, it's time to move to step number two in our five-step lists, which is catch at the topmost level. And this taps into the first point as well, because instead of trying to figure out where the error is from, you just add an error handler at the topmost level. So that is either app.js or server.js. And it is way better since you might not know for sure what is the exact place or the piece of code that triggered that the, the exception, the error itself. Uh, if you don't have uh, an error handler, this exception handler, at the topmost level of your application, go ahead and add it right now. Or if you already found yourself in that situation where the application process is dead and you can't figure out where the error is coming from, first go ahead and write this small piece of code into your app.js or server.js. It's process.on, then you pass the first argument, which is a string, uncaught exception in camel case, 
and then the next argument, which is a callback function, which takes an error object as the argument. And of course, this comes with a warning. As the Node.js documentation states, this should be used as a last resort. This is why I am proposing that you should use it if your application crashes and you don't know the source of that error. So here's something from the official docs. Note that uncaught exception is a crude mechanism for exception handling intended to be used only as a last resort. The event should not be used as an equivalent to on error resume next. Unhandled exceptions inherently mean that an application is in an undefined state. Attempting to resume application code without properly recovering from the exception can cause additional unforeseen and unpredictable issues. In layman's terms, this says you shouldn't use this handler to resume the execution of your app. The app is probably in a weird state that you need to clean up as you will learn while going through the next steps of this strategy. And it's also worth mentioning that if the code inside the handler you pass to process on throws, it will exit the process directly. It won't re-trigger that handler. Let's move to step number three of our five-step strategy, which is cleanup. So you need to do everything in your power to make sure upstream and downstream systems aren't left in weird states. And this means rolling back unfulfilled database transactions, cleaning up caching systems, signaling downstream systems that an error has occurred, and providing as much detail as they need or require. And again, the documentation is very explicit about this. You need to pay close attention in the following quote to the synchronous part. Nothing here, and when I say here, I mean in the, the event handler, the exception handler, Nothing can be asynchronous because it might also throw an error and that would not be caught until the process gets restarted. So this is the quote from the official Node.js documentation. The correct use of uncaught exception is to perform synchronous cleanup of allocated resources, e.g. file descriptors, handles, etc. before shutting down the process. It is not safe to resume normal operation after uncaught exception. And this last sentence is in bold font. Onwards to step number four, do the logging. So whatever you do, log the exception. You need stack trace, you need the accounts causing the issue, you need correlation IDs if the request passes through multiple systems, anything you can get your hands on to figure out the state of the application and what is causing the issue. Of course, be sure to anonymize customer data. So create hashes instead of sending username and passwords in plain text, for example. And of course, step number five, which is crash and restart it. Once you performed all the above, you need to let the process die. Let the application crash and restart. This will ensure that you start up with clean memory and no weird state is stored in your specific instance's memory. And it will get rid of any unexpected behavior. Going back to the documentation again, you need an external monitor to detect failures and recover. And I will talk about such a monitor application after we're done with this uh, last step. So again, a quote from the documentation, to restart a crashed application in a more reliable way, whether on caught exception is emitted or not, an external monitor should be employed in a separate process to detect application failures and recover or restart as needed. Also make note of an external monitor should be employed in a separate process. 
So you need a separate process where that external monitor is running because it would make no use to have that monitor within the same process your Node.js application is running on. I'm not sure actually if it's possible, but if it is, it would make no sense because if the process crashes, then the monitor crashes. Following the steps above will help you react faster to nasty production issues, and it will at least help you get a clue about what is causing the problem because unless you're reading stuff from a URL and your product owner is testing something and has the URL open with some bad input that you forgot to sanitize, and whenever the application restarts and WebSockets reconnect, the application gets crashed again, it's going to work and it's going to show you the, the source of the error. Actually, the situation I described with the product owner and the URL, I actually had one of those things happen to me while I was working on a project, I think two years ago. And it was very funny because we kept the application down for two or three hours simply because our product owner had uh, a URL open with some input and we changed the way we processed that input and that argument, I think, that, that URL parameter. And it, was, it continued to crash the application in production. And it was, it was funny as hell. Let's move to what I called a bonus section. And this is where I will give you some extra information related to promises, the external monitor that we talked about, and something that you can do after such an issue or such a production crash uh, has hit you, you managed to fix it, but you also want to learn from it. So number one, promises. Handling promise error is very important. And if your errors bubble up from promises and you're on, a, on an older version of Node.js, you have a similar handler for promise generated errors. And if, if you know, I'm not sure if you're aware, but previous implementations of promises in Node.js would swallow the exception and fail silently unless you had a catch statement attached to the promise. So you would have promise, then, and catch. And to catch, you would provide uh, a callback which would take the error and do whatever needs to be done with it. And so if you did not have that catch statement attached, the code would have failed silently and you would have had no clue as to why it failed. So if you're the type of person who hates to write promise then catch, okay, I can understand. You can also use process on, just like we used it with uncaught exception, but this time we'll use it for unhandled rejection. Though you should handle your errors at the level they appear or the next level above, this can also be a strategy as long as you don't resume execution or whatever the application is doing at that point. So. The code itself is pretty similar to that of uncaught exception, and it is process.on, and then you pass the first argument, which is unhandled rejection. It's a string in camel case. And then the second argument, which is a callback, which this time takes two arguments instead of one. So for uncaught exception, we would have a callback function that would take an error object as an argument. This time, we have a callback function that takes a reason and a promise. So the reason is the rejection reason, and the promise is the promise being rejected. And within this callback, you can act on that error. Moving on to bonus number two, the monitor. So as we read previously in the documentation, you need an external monitor 
that would stay and run on a different process than the application is, that would monitor the state of the application, would know when to restart it, when to shut it down, and all that. And this is to avoid having to crash and restart the application yourself. One of the, the best tools that I used uh, when working on Node.js projects was PM2 from Key Metrics, as far as I can remember. There will be a link in the show notes. And it's been a great help to me and to the teams I've worked with throughout time. But since 2016, I actually stopped using it, mainly because I started working with Docker containers exclusively. And you can set the containers up to restart whenever the processes they, they are running uh, fail. And so this way I can use the, the regular exception handling mechanism, log, do everything that I outlined before, and then just let the process fail and crash the container directly because the Docker engine will restart it. And now to the third item in, in our list, let's say the third bonus item, which is the post-mortem. If you really want to learn and if you want your team to win a lot from such an experience, you should have a post-mortem after you fix the issue. And you should try to keep it as impersonal and as blameless as humanly possible. Don't try to identify who is at fault but try to identify behaviors, gaps in communication, or gaps in documentation that could have led to the issue. And this is a good time to create checklists for all the things you do internally, from the way you write your commit messages, how you create branches, code review process, all the way to production deployment, you should have checklists. People shouldn't have to think a lot about what they need to do when deploying to production, for example. You wouldn't want that junior dev deploying to production today becoming creative with the deployment, right? You need to create checklists and that's that. And now for the conclusion, I am very aware that this is a crude and hacky way of handling exceptions, but it gets the job done when push comes to shove. Like I said in the beginning of this episode, whenever you find yourself with your application crashing in production, just go through those five steps and you're good to go. You'll be able to track down the error and if you have enough talent and knowledge in your team, you'll probably fix it very fast. And I do agree, you need proper error handling and especially proper monitoring and logging in place. So make sure you invest in that. That's not optional. Unless you want to make your customers believe that your application is working based on whether the sun is up or not, then you will invest in monitoring, in logging, and error handling. So to end this on a positive note, I'm curious, what are your thoughts on this? What is your strategy for tracking down and fixing errors like this one? Do you do anything special? Is there anything extra? Is there something I missed? Just let me know. I am at Oprah Rocks on almost any and every social media platform. So be sure to follow me on your platform of choice. Reach out, let me know your thoughts. Let me know if you wanna be a guest on the podcast. And until next time, goodbye.